welcome to the podcast. Every week I'll share leadership thoughts, books I'm reading, or tools I'm using to teach leadership skills. I believe everyone has influence. Every family, school, church, city, country is determined by its capacity for effective leadership. So let's jump in. Well, hello. Welcome to the leadership podcast that I do. Charlie McMahon, and I am really glad that you're listening, and I'm going to share with you some things I've been walking through. We're in a series on this podcast, Leadership Driven and the Sermon on the Mount. And what are each of those? Leadership is what this podcast is about. Driven is a book that I've read recently by Dr. Doug Brackman and Randy Kelly that has been unbelievably helpful to me. I just recommend it for so many of you who are, like myself, genetically driven. And I'm going to explain that in a minute. And then how does that mesh with, as followers, as leaders who who are following Christ, how do we lead through the prism, through the the vision of the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7? Now, if you were with me the last few times, you know that uh, this book, Driven, has been incredibly insightful to me. The essence of the book is that um, really this started about 1991. Some discoveries were made in epigenetics that showed that there are about 10% of us in culture who have this overlap, this, this genetic mutation, D2, D4, that creates a hunter mentality in us. And especially when our cultures were hunter-based, it was very helpful. But um, a few thousand years ago, we became an agrarian farming culture, a farming world. And now in a world where hunters aren't always as necessary, farming is a lot uh, more necessary and a lot more safe for people that we hunters don't always fit in. We are, in the words of Doug Brackman, we are often porcupines in a balloon factory. And yet, the giftedness of an Elon Musk, of a Bill Gates, of a, of a Steve Jobs has been indisputable in regards to making things happen, which in essence is one of the definitions of leadership. Leaders make things happen. They make things, they catalyze. And uh, this has been so helpful to me because I am in that 10% of people who have this It's never good enough. We feel shame because we don't fit in. We feel like we constantly need fixed. And then we're trying to lead out of that. The more I've grown in maturity in my walk with Christ, the more he has fulfilled the inadequacies of that genetic makeup and balanced that with, well, the things that are in the Sermon on the Mount, the things that are in the Sermon on the Mount. So we're walking through that. And I want you to be reminded today that Jesus opens the Sermon on the Mount. We talked about this a few week, a few times ago. Blessed are those who are spiritually bankrupt, poor in spirit. There's the kingdom of heaven. When your leadership gets you to the point in your living where you're really ready for God because you feel emotionally, spiritually bankrupt, poor in spirit, then you're ready for, for God to move in and, and really round out, fill out, revolutionize your leadership because now his rightness is operating in you. Last time we looked at blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Those of us who 
have have felt like losers our whole life. It's amazing. I mentioned that that in leading Southbrook for 29 years, I've most of that time felt like I've been losing. I've been I've been I'm I've been in mourning for what it's not. And we driven can walk around with that mourning sense even though things outwardly look good. Today we come to something that let's make a comment on this. The next beatitude is Matthew 5, 5. Blessed are the gentle, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Real interesting thing in light of this driven insight. What he's saying there is blessed are you shy ones, you intimidated ones, you mild ones, you unassertives, you mannerly, you gentle, you who don't push your way because the God of the whole earth is your shepherd and you are going to experience a lack of want. That's really what that one's about. Now you say, where does that fit in with the driven conundrum? It doesn't. This is one of those that this is part of the weakness of being a driven is we've never really been accused when we're fully functioning in our drivenness. We've never been accused of being meek. We've never been accused of being gentle. And one of the reasons I want to focus on this one is this, a couple of reasons. One is, as your leadership is filled with the way of Christ, the spirit of Christ, the, the life of Christ, you will bring more gentleness to your drivenness. You will not run over people. I was told recently that, that, that I used to be a tiger and now I'm not anymore. And I need to, be back to get back to being a tiger. And what I said to that was, well, a tiger, you know, a tiger can be tamed and a, a tiger may not attack you in the circus. But if you live around a tiger all the time, you're tiptoeing. A tiger wears you out because at any moment that tiger could attack. And I think one of the reminders that we driven need is that there probably is a tiger living within us. And even if we don't attack, even if we don't lead bloody trails, we wear people out. This is one of the lessons that I've taught in our Players Box ministry to parents is your intensity, especially if you're a driven person, wears out your child. Because even though the heat that you put off may not burn them, it just fatigues them as they try to keep up. And that intensity of your persona is exhausting. And so one of the aspects of uh, a driven person who is now led by Christ and through Christ is that, first of all, we begin to be more gentle. And this is a wonderful combination. You take a person who, like Steve Jobs, who was so driven, can you imagine if in his lifetime he more more early than it looks like he did when he got cancer, he would have just grown in gentleness much more. By all accounts, it's not something that anyone would have said was one of his strengths. How many times a, a, a driven coach like a Bob Knight like a Mike Ditka, like a Woody Hayes here in Ohio country, would have were blessed when they were more gentle. Gentleness, the word for meek, is actually 
the word that was used for the taming of a wild horse. It doesn't mean a lack of strength. It means one that's been brought in control. And so one of the reasons that we driven need this beatitude is because we'll see it as a sign that we're growing, that we're more present, that we're not always having to get things done. We're not always having to improve and be doing something that's productive. We can sit and listen and be gentle. The second reason we need to hear this is because those of us who are more driven ought to make sure that we use our strength to build into those who are the shy ones, the intimidated, the mild, the unassertive. And this is uh, important for those of us who lead. You have people in your organization, in your group, that you need to make sure you hear, that you need to give space for them to speak what they're sensing and feeling within your dynamic, within your culture, because you'll be blessed. You'll be blessed if you do that. Often it's those who are reticent to share their opinions, to push their perspective, who can have some of the most insightful comments to make about the culture that you're building. And so we driven team tend to just fly right over people. And we tend to be blind to what body bags we're leaving in our path. And it's often those who are already by nature gentle that if we'll sit and say, hey, can you have a cup of coffee with me and tell me how I'm coming across? Tell me how my communication style is affecting people in our organization, in our group. You see, we driven will never be accused of being the blessed or the meek, but we can grow in being gentle and we can grow in making our organization safe for all kinds of people both the driven and the non-driven, both the hunters and those very critical people in our organization who are farmers. I hope that this has given you something to think about. This is what I'm thinking through right now in my leadership is how my driven genetic makeup is enriched and balanced, graced through the presence of Christ, and hopefully that I'm growing as a leader for everyone. Until next time on the Leadership Podcast, this is Charlie McNeil. Thanks for listening. Tune in every week as we continue learning and growing in faith, in life, and leadership. And if this has been helpful to you, subscribe and spread the word. And I will talk to you next week.